Episode 6, Brenda Batista, Founder, Inspiring Company Culture. My favorite mistake, I think actually it's a wonderful question because it does make you reflect on all of them. And hopefully you have them. So, you know, because if we don't have them, we're not learning anything. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes. But what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth, and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and now on with the show. And we're joined today by Brenda Batista. She is the founder of a company called Inspiring Company Culture. She is an entrepreneur, a management consultant, an industrial engineer like myself, and she is an attorney. And so over the last 25 years, Brenda has been at the helm of many high-performing teams, creating a company culture that inspires employees to bring their best and to embrace their leadership prowess. She's a certified Six Sigma Black Belt. She's a project management professional, and she's a Five Voices System certified trainer. Um, So Brenda, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. You have a, a, a lot of in, in your background of, of varying um, degrees and experiences. So with all of that, I'm, I'm really curious about what you would consider to be your favorite mistake. My favorite mistake. Yeah, I, I think actually it's a wonderful question because it does make you reflect on all of them and hopefully you have them. So, you know, cause if we don't have, them, we're not learning anything. Right. Um, but I, I think one that, at the time felt like catastrophic, but it's my favorite mistake because that's, I think it started, it was the origins of, wait a minute, why is this happening? And how is this, how can this be? So it's a story of, of, of giving somebody information they had asked for and being truthful and how that ended up being a mistake. And, and everybody around me, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, why did you tell them that? So the, the story is that, um, I had just started a role as a project or sorry, a program executive with a little bit of sales responsibility. So I just kind of stepped out of project management into this kind of dual role and was meeting with executives at the client site. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a mentor who was there onboarding me and so forth, but the client had asked, how much is it going to cost for us to do all of our interfaces? So can you, you, can you go find out from the people who take care of that and bring that back and let us know what that cost is? So I brought it back and the you know, price was a million bucks. So, um, and I said it, I was like, it's, you know, this is exactly how much it is. They were looking at your customization and everything. And that's the price. And so why it was it a, a mistake is because I just said it. And um, one of the executives, literally, I thought his head was going to pop off. He looked like those cartoons, you know, when they turn red and you see the steam start to rise out of the top of their head. He just got so beat red. If steam could pass through the top of his head, it would. He stood up. He started shaking the chair. How dare you bring me that number? Did you even bother to like pre-negotiate with yourself? Basically is what he's saying. We are partners. This price is way too high. How dare you say such a thing? To me, I mean, it's just his reaction was so 
it was just so well animated because I guess that's the right word. It so like animated. That surprised you. It absolutely yeah. surprised me right. because I was being honest. So my mistake was, which is weird to say this, my mistake was being honest and just giving him the information, being very factual. Being an engineer, right? You ask for a number, we give you a number. That's that's what it is. I don't see what the problem is. It, that's what it's supposed to be. Right. Um, but he got so, like I said, animated and then literally left the meeting with one last kind of shout back. Now I'm going to have you fired for this. Oof. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm just shocked. It was like, how do I, mm, how do you recover for something like that? So what, what happened? I, so, so afterwards, well, the, the the chief information officer who was still sitting there, he's like, um, um, well, yeah, it's a little higher. Than, he was much more reasonable, right? He's like, this is a little higher than what we'd expected. Uh, so there's been you you didn't like circulate this, right? It, I said, well, no, that's the branch who takes care of it, this is what they said. They said, well, do you think you could see maybe if there's something we could do? Yeah, sure. Um, my mentor said nothing. He's sitting in the corner, said not a word. And we come out of the meeting and he's like, yeah, why did you tell him that was the price? Because that's I mean, the price. I mean, it was, it was just had, that- Somebody had given you that number, I'm guessing, or it was a right. standard price? It was the price that, that people had, the experts that would have to do the connections had come up with. Mm-hmm. And it was based off of the work because they, they went through and did an inventory of interfaces and figured out, yeah, this is what it's going to cost. And some of them are customized because you guys didn't take what we said. <laughs> you didn't just use what we said, right? You did a lot of customization. It increases the price. That's what it is. And it's kind of, the, you know, it's like a negotiation. It's our first offer. This is going to come out. Um, but it was just why that was a mistake is it's at that moment, I felt all of that. You feel that heavy weight of, oh, I'm just starting something new. I'm a little outside my comfort zone to begin with because I'm in this new role and all of this is coming back. I might actually lose my new role. I mean, I've been in it for a few weeks and it might go away. Oh, what did I get myself into? What is happening here? Um, and is this guy really going to get me fired? And so what my takeaway was for it was actually quite a few things. First is how words um, influence how people think and how you receive them. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing, there was nothing, um, you know, I, I didn't, inf- there were no adjectives added to it. Like, oh, it's a million dollars. Can you believe it? I, you know, I didn't say anything like that. I just said, it's this is a very bad effect. Right. Um, but then also how, culture influences that because this person as an executive was setting the tone for the organization where it was okay. His behavior was okay. He never apologized for that. That that behavior of threatening you basically flying off. Yes. Acceptable. And that was okay. And that everybody tiptoed around him and being the new person, I didn't know that you're supposed to tiptoe around this person because we're all people, right? I just kind of took it at face value. We're all here. We're sitting around the table. You ask me a question, I give you an answer. You didn't like the answer. That's okay. You can not like the answer, but we can talk about it. There was no talking to him, right? It was just, I'm out of here. And he took off. Um, so that really, the, it really sets the tone. And it was like, and then personally, it's like, well, wait a minute. I didn't do anything really wrong here. Right. You know, I, I was just sharing information. Um, but 
what about my sharing? What about my communication was a fail in this instance? Because I, I wasn't understanding what it was. And like I said, my mentor wasn't very helpful either because uh, basically his, his response was, um, well, you just, you know, you shouldn't have told him the number. But then not give him an answer ever? Did that, you know, upsets people too. Right. Uh, and so it was, it was understanding that the relationship I had with that executive being new was transactional and not one built on trust yet. So he didn't trust that I went and did due diligence on his behalf and as an advocate for him. And so because of that, you know, I, I couldn't get past, I, I didn't kind of earn his respect to say, oh, well, you know, that's kind of high. Maybe we should talk about that. So he, he wasn't being reasonable because we didn't have that level. And I didn't have that level of influence with him yet because I was still new. So for me, it was, it was a takeaway because I, I learned those things and how valuable all of that is. Whereas before, you know, it's more of a technical person. You didn't really have to deal as much with that. But then I also started becoming a student of how that, the culture, the wording, um, the level of influence that you have with a team impacts how, how well you sustain the results. Sure. So every project is impacted by that. And I started to become a student of that you know, for myself and then for, for others as I you know, start working more and more with teams, more and more with the executives. Oh, okay. This is something that has to come to awareness because it's very important to get it right. It's not going to be perfect, but to understand the dynamics here will help. Sure. So, I mean, a couple of follow-up questions or, or for one, I guess, a comment you know, you're right that relationships matter and we need to build trust. I'd also like to think we shouldn't have to earn the right to not be yelled at and threatened, you know, that that should be, you know, that, that we, 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 that we could have disagreements and someone can push back respectfully um, regardless of how long we've known them perhaps. So that's just a, just sort of a, a comment, but right. the follow-up yeah. question is, well, so, you know, first off, what was the resolution? Did they end up, reaching an agreement to um, to do those interfaces? Was there negotiation? I mean, how, how did that, uh, before we talk about like your reflections and lessons learned of what you would or did do differently afterwards, how, how did, I want to know the end of the story, at least. Uh, so, the, so the end of the story, yeah. So the end of the story is I, I went back to the division who gave me that, that number immediately, but it was like step number one, I called them and said, I gave your number there. One of them is lukewarm and the other one is extremely upset um you know kind of alert alert oh which one i had to tell them like oh oh great <laughs> thanks thanks for stirring the pot over there newbie um but okay so so they were made aware and like but that's the price i said well they want to know if there's anything you could possibly do with that for them um and so they were able to come down a little bit on the price mm -hmm. but it still was good it was pretty close to you know, pretty close to a million dollars. And the, the client decided not to do it because of the, the pricing, but also realized just the number and the customizations, you know, our kind of our best and final is this, if anything else, we'd be giving it away. Right. And um, yeah. And so they were like, nah, okay, never mind. We'll, we'll come up with a different workaround or, or something like that for what they wanted to accomplish. Like, oh, so, okay. so, so what was the impact then in terms of your work with that client or your work within 
the company you were employed by? Was there a negative effect or was that something that, that passed? It was something that passed. So, so after calling that division, I called my immediate supervisor. So look, this guy threatened, he's going to call. Um, and luckily my boss knew me from before. So I was already in the company, but just switched positions. And she just started to laugh, really. She's like, really, what did he say? And I told her, she's an, oh, such a drama king, right? So she, she just kind of brushed. She said, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I know you're really upset now. I know how that feels, but it's okay. And I've got your back. So if anything happens, you've told me everything that, you know, occurred and, and it will be fine. You'll be fine. Um, the client, though, was very interesting because I guess I kind of earned a stripe in that and earned respect because I, I took his, his verbal, you know, kind of verbal beating, I guess. Yeah. Um, he immediately called the other executive and apologized to him, said, sorry, I lost my cool and, you know, everything. W- within about five minutes, we were still in the meeting when he called the other person. Me, it took him, a, it took him about a week. To <laughs> he apologize to a, you. Yeah, yeah, to come around and, and apologize. Uh, and it was, it was a weirded, weird worded apology. It was like, yeah, I can see I kind of overreacted. You know, I'm sorry. It, it took a while to, to build up. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our future kind of interactions, I knew then how he would interact or react to things. Um, and of course, you know, with system implementations, they're never perfect. Something always, there's always a hiccup. So I'm thinking about the scenario. I mean, it seems like it would have been helpful it seems like the, that that the executive who um, got upset with you, you know, was was known to behave that way, and it sounds like nobody gave you a heads up about that. Were there any lessons about sort of trying to get the lay of the land in terms of personalities um, when when you were new in an engagement, or what were some other takeaways from? So again, I'm not excusing his behavior, or, you know, but right. I'm just. To, to at least be aware that that's a little bit of what you were walking into. Well, n- no. So the company didn't. Um, so I've worked with different companies that would actually have an influence map and we would discuss it and say, hey, there's your executive team. This person loves us. We can do no wrong. They influence that person and they're kind of lukewarm, but as long as the influence stays positive, we're good. This person hates us, you know, so always be careful. We didn't have that, so they didn't really they didn't really have that for me. Um, so it was a little bit of trial and error, uh, except for the salesperson who was coming off of the account. Um, definitely had his favorites in, in the client, right? So the, the, it was personality based. Like, oh, he's the greatest person ever. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, how did you build that rapport? I just keep taking him out to dinner or lunch or whatever. It's like nice. I don't have that, <laughs> you know, I don't have that budget. I, that's not what I can do. Um, and he's like, oh, well, you know, I just come in, sell them things, buy them stuff, and we're good. Mm-hmm. I actually have to tell them when the things aren't going well, right? So it's a little a little different. And that's, um, I mean, he, he gave some heads up, but otherwise it wasn't. It was, it was a lot of trial, trial and error. And I'll say behavioral patterns that you notice in people, just generally speaking, right? Yeah. You know, not not a stereotype, but somebody who ha- who's in a certain position and who does certain things. You're like, oh, well, typically this person, you know, can be this way, and you're like, hmm, 
Okay. So they're either going to prove my hypothesis true or, or the engineer, right? The hypothesis is going to be true or false. And uh, yeah, that's how I learned, learned about that. But, but at the end, I think we came to a point where um, he respected me um, because I, I could, you know, maneuver through kind of his power moves and he, he did, he calmed down. I mean, we, we came to a point where we understood each other, the commonality between us mm-hmm. and um, it was, it worked out. Okay. I mean, it sounds like maybe there were also some lessons to be learned. You're making me think about couching bad news or how to preface <laughs> bad news to try to soften some of the blow and ter- whether it's a cost or, or a delay or some sort of bad news that we have to deliver either to our boss or to a client. Um, what, do you have any other thoughts about how to soften some of that blow around, a, like you said, undeniable fact, the answer is what it is, but yeah, setting somebody up to um, receive that information in a more constructive way. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think the learning point there is, um, still to be truthful, right? So not to lie, but to definitely think through what am I asking them for? Like, how can they be part of the solution? So in the case of it's a million dollars, well, what's their budget? Maybe their budget was a half a mil. Okay. So what can we do? Can we prioritize? Can you help me prioritize that we can get some of this done? And if we got half of it done, will it get you the same result you wanted? Are you okay with extending the result time? So doing more of that kind of pre-negotiating with yourself for options, kind of, I'm going to say strategizing the, the discussion mm-hmm. of not every scenario, because you certainly can't do that, but um, the best case, worst case, so that you're prepared for that. And, you know, a couple in the middle, it's like, well, if I were them, what what would work? What What can I make work? And how can I you know, kind of present that information in that way. Like, well, a million is maybe out of reach. Is it out of reach for two years? Because this is, is this a two-year project instead of next quarter? Because you don't have it for next quarter. You know, yeah. it's something like that. I think that really, really helps. And this, the more that you're honest with what's happening, because I, I've seen it on the other hand on projects where people are afraid to say anything. And then they they hide things, right? You're like, oh, well, this is, this element is really red, you know, kind of the, your stoplight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's really red, but we better not tell that executive it's red. Let's tell them it's yellow. Yeah. And in two weeks, is it good? Or next week is still going to be red? Or is it going to be redder than red? That could blow up on you. <laughs> right. Because we probably should have told them something now. And what's the plan to fix it? They'll just let it hang there, you know? Well, Brenda, um, can you tell us also about your company, Inspiring Company Culture? Like what types of organizations do you work with and, and what's your focus uh, in working with them? Yeah, so um, Inspiring Company Culture. So it actually, I think its origin started back from that conversation I'm talking about. And then how do you create a really high-performing and effective team? So I work with um, small to medium-sized businesses and a larger corporation, but it would be focused primarily on the team. How do you create the high-performing team? How do, you, how do you know where you are and how do you become better? And so that comes from communication. It comes from 
alignment and make sure that we're all pulling in the same direction. We really want to be pulling in the same direction. Um, execution, so we're getting things done and understanding our capacity to get work done. Mm-hmm. And so I work with teams to to do all of those things so that we move forward and um, really become a place where people love working because they're heard and valued. So you shouldn't have somebody being worried they're going to have their head cut off for saying something that was kind of bad news or the, a crazy idea. It's like, that, that, no, we're not doing that. You know, and that's a, that's a soft response. Having somebody just get ready to physically attack you is not okay. Right. And that's an extreme version, but I, I help teams not experience that because even if you're not doing that, you could be doing something lesser that's making your team members feel that way. And then they just like, yeah, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> they just go, they go into safety mode, like, like a tortoise. You're going to hide a little bit and go, yeah. I just get my stuff done. So I, I really, I really help teams get past that. Yeah. I mean, maybe the one good thing I could say about that executive that blew up at you is that at least you knew where he stood where sometimes organizations can be a lot more um, passive aggressive in their response to bad news, which, as you were saying, drives people um, to, to start hiding problems and, um, you know, becomes really dysfunctional, um, as opposed to an environment, as I've talked with, you know, with, with some of my other guests here, um, leaders creating an environment where it is safe for people to talk about the real reality, whether that's a problem or a mistake, and, and yeah. to learn from those and to grow and, and to move forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's the only way that, you know, as, as a consultant, when you come in and you do a project, they hire you to be the, the hired gun, get it done quickly and get out. But it, it doesn't, the, the results don't sustain. And that's because you don't engage the people. And so that's what I focus on. You've got to engage the people mm-hmm. and they've got to see that this isn't extra work. This isn't just something to bother them. I'm bothering them for data, like constantly. Mm-hmm. Why do you always need all this data? It is, I, I need it, but it's for you because you're going to sustain this longer and past me being here. You know, it's for, it's for you. Um, and I think we just do a really bad job generally as consultants getting those people in. We do the transition at the end, that last kind of cleanup part is like, yeah, knowledge transfer, two days. No, 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 wait, wait, this can't be accomplished in two days. Uh, and so this is, you know, I'm going to say a fail prevention so that you, your results sustain over time. Yeah, and, and that might be, you're making me think of one example of the type of bad news a consultant might have to deliver to a client where, like I said, the client wants to basically outsource the thinking or outsource the doing to a consultant. Here, just make it happen really quickly. When as a consultant, you sometimes have to push back. So, well, I think really the best thing that, that, that's going to lead to the, the, the best, most sustainable outcomes is to go a little bit more slowly and have me coaching you and the organization through it as opposed to doing it for you. Those tensions exist, and sometimes people don't like being um, told, no, the, the, the quick and dirty, just have someone else do it approach might not be best. They might, they might learn. They might end up making a mistake that maybe they end up talking about on this podcast, but um, <laughs> that's right. those, those are difficult things to navigate, I would agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's what my, my company, that's what I focus on is creating that team where people heard and valued so they contribute more and then businesses grow from that. I mean, you know, there was a recent Gallup study that showed that teams right now are getting about 58% of their capacity. 
because of this issue of people don't feel comfortable speaking. Oh, okay. They, the their lost, ideas aren't yeah from that lost loss of productivity and and, yeah. and the capacities there to just start getting it from the team. Yeah. And if you think of an organization of multiple teams, you start multiplying that out for your you know your expected value. Your expected mm-hmm. value dwindles to nil. Um, it, 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 it's a greater issue, and, and I think it's not um, as easily quantified, so it's harder for people to get at. But it's certainly important. And then you get, once you start getting them going the right direction, it's, it's we're very powerful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brenda. Um, our, our guest today has been uh, Brenda Batista. Her company is Inspiring Company Culture. You can find more information at www.inspiringcompanyculture.com. Uh, so, Brenda, thank you for for sharing your reflections. Um, you know, from from a scenario, and and well, it sounds like there were mistakes made um, all around. But thank you for sharing your reflections and what you learned and, and took away from that. So thank you for, thank you well, for being a guest today. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. It's, you know, it's always good to reflect, as I said in the beginning, I think it's an awesome question. So thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to pause and think about your own favorite mistake and how learning from mistakes shapes you personally and professionally. If you're a leader, what can you do to create a culture where it's safe for colleagues to talk openly about mistakes in the spirit of learning? Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. See you next time.